Hello and welcome to the Just Hoops podcast. My name is Jacob. My brother here is Josh, and we talk about some basketball. Um, a lot has happened since our last podcast. Uh, we thought the last one was kind of an emergency pod, talking about the Kyrie Irving trade and some other stuff that went through, and then the deadline happened. Uh, some fireworks, a lot of movement. Um, some people were buyers that we thought were going to be sellers, and vice versa. Uh, now we're sitting here with uh, the standings and everybody's close together still um the parody in today's nba is kind of like the biggest topic i feel like like the biggest overarching topic uh it's just gonna be a brawl to the finish line all-star breaks coming up in a couple days but before we dive into anything josh how you doing let's go sons I'm doing amazing. I've had a great last week. Life's been good. I've been extremely happy. Um, you know, like you said, a lot has happened. And it's going to be a, next, a big next three days as far as standings go. Um, and teams starting to try to figure out, like, new teams, like the Mavericks, trying to figure out what what's... Uh, the Magic are a half game behind the Pacers and two and a half behind the Bulls. They're coming, boys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got excited. I got I excited. Saw, I saw his face light up, and I was like, what the heck's going on over here? I'm a little excited over here, guys. I'm sorry. But, yeah, as far as standings, the next three days are going to be really big uh, going into All-Star break, especially since there's only, what, 20, 25, 24 games after All-Star break. Last night's slate was like a very playoff movement, like, Knicks Nets, uh, uh, the Laker Portland game that was a huge game. Um, like just because all these teams are close together, uh, the Pels Thunder, Timberwolves Mavericks, uh, all those games last night. We're recording on Tuesday. Um, like the majority of games on any given night will mean like tenfold than what they re- normally would. Um, tonight's slate again, uh, we got Milwaukee, Boston, Sacramento, Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, Warriors, Clippers. Like those three games mean a ton in the standings at this point. Magic, the Magic Raptors, have the Raptors, too. and if the Magic pull that one off after a big win in Chicago, um, I think we're hanging a playing banner in Orlando this year. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know if they could beat them because the Raptors are what the Raptors are the nine seed and they're tied with the with Washington. Um, so if you can get a half game on them, tie up with uh, Indiana, you're only two games back. Two games back on an All Star break, like that's nothing. Um, as far this week as, is actually huge. Like as far as as far as Boston, Milwaukee, you, Milwaukee can get a half game within Boston. Um, Phoenix, Sacramento. Phoenix could be a game behind the three seed after, what was it, three or four weeks ago? They were the 12 seed. Um, that's that's just how tight this this Western Conference has been. Eastern Conference kind of top fives, kinda, or I would say top fours really separating themselves. And then you got Miami kind of in limbo there as uh, the Nets are going to start dropping a little bit. They've dropped two games. I feel like they could definitely hang in that six seed. Um, 
it'll be a battle between them and the uh the Knicks. But we'll talk about the Nets in a little bit here. That's what actually I was gonna just start right there. We're gonna okay. start with the other end of the big trade, Kevin Durant to Phoenix, but I think we can start with Brooklyn. Because I think Brooklyn is a really interesting spot when you look at their roster now. I haven't been able to watch the new look. Oh my I've god. Seen like clips here and there. Josh Josh said he really likes what they got. Um bringing in Michelle Bridges, Cam Johnson. And then from the Kyrie trade, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. And then they already have guys like Seth Curry, Nick Claxton. Um, ben Simmons hasn't played yet with the guys. Cam Thomas has been blooming. He is. Has he played? He's, been, he's off the bench. Oh, my bad. Um, so, yeah, I haven't been watching. Uh, I like the Drew Smith off the bench. I was able to see him before the Kevin Durant trade. Um. Just like they have a top bottom like role player heavy roster, but Josh, dive into what they've been doing a little bit. I was trying to watch a little bit this morning before, but I wasn't able to. I really, I only watched the uh, the Philly game. I was unable, I wasn't able to watch the Knicks game last night. Um, but they started the game just kind of like running, like they were just playing, like they're all athletic, so they were just like getting out playing basketball, basically, like they were just having fun. Um. They did a lot of stuff that Phoenix did for uh, Mikel Bridges, like the pin downs and curls, like staggers for him. Yeah. Um, just getting him to that that elbow spot. Uh, then Spencer Dinwiddie just kind of working off pick and rolls with Claxton. Um, it's just they have so many different things that they can go to with this, especially with this new starting five. Um, then off the bench, you know, Ben Simmons came in and kind of controlled the game. Like he's not going to go out for 40 points, but – He's going to control the pace. He's going to control what, what they do offensively. Um, Joe Harris has had a huge impact the past few games. Uh, he had 18 against uh, the Sixers. And then in Dinwiddie's first start against the Bulls, he had 18 again, shooting six for nine from three in both games. Um, so he's been catching fire from three lately. Uh, let's see what he did last night. He was only one for one, but um, – if he could, they could have his impact off the bench. I'm just like they're. They've only played two games with this new team, and uh, they're kind of they're they look together. Like it looks like they're taking that they were traded like not to heart, but like they're like oh they didn't really want us kind of thing. So like let's let's, and people are counting them out like saying like they're not going to be good. They're going to drop into the play in. Um, so it just kind of thinks so. that it's, it's, it reminds me of the old Brooklyn team. The, uh, that's, that's exactly where I was going. I was like, they got this group definitely has a chip. Like they mm-hmm. definitely are like, Hey, don't count us out. Like we got talent up and down the board. Spencer Dinwiddie was a part of those teams. Um, like I think that they actually have more identity now than they did at the beginning of the year. Like, and they've played two games together. Like, I feel like you're going to get a ton of guys that are going to go out there, play hard, play for each other just try to win games by out competing you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah no uh it's gonna be they're they're not gonna be an easy out i that's why i said i feel like they could definitely stay the six seed because they do have they have some things to figure out uh i think they'll drop a few games here miami will catch up to them but i think they could end up close to miami but like it'll be a battle between basically them and the knicks the Knicks are right That's there, too. They are, yeah. That's what That win last night for New York was pretty big because Miami lost to Denver in a close one. Um, it's just going to be 
it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the next 20 some games round out. They got three before all-star break and then it's going to be, I think Brooklyn though, all-star break is going to be a good time for Jock Vaughn and his staff to kind of be like, what do we want to do with this group? Because we have so much size and length. I think defensively, they might work their way into the top five just because they're not, there's no weak point on the floor. Like Dinwiddie's not a great defender, but capable. His, it was what we were saying when he got moved. It was kind of like, you're picking up a guy that's like a six, five, six, six point guard. Like he'll disrupt at the point. Like he doesn't have to be great. And like that at the point, but he, if that's your weakest link, you're kind of chilling. And then you got the twins, you got, Dorian Finnish-Smith, you got Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, who's the Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You called them the Twins. I did. <laughs> but they they might have something good cooking in Brooklyn. Um, I think that they'll finish between like eight and six, that range. I think that they'll stay ahead of Atlanta, Toronto, Washington, Orlando. Um, but I think that they'll be pretty well off. And... Let's go to the other side of the trade. I will kind of just give you the floor. Uh, Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. Suns are currently... And TJ Warren. And TJ Warren. Warren. Suns are currently 31-27, and uh, a half game ahead of the Mavs for the four seed in the West, two games behind Sacramento for the three seed, and four games behind the two seed. So they have a chance to possibly work their way up to two. Kevin Durant probably won't play until after All-Star break, correct? Yeah, they already they announced that yesterday that him, Landry Sham, and uh, campaign will all be out until after All Star break. So, what are you looking to see the Suns do with their new new look? Find a rotation. You got fifteen guys that have played throughout this year, uh, just due to injuries, circumstances. Um, you go out, you after this trade, you pick up you you got TJ Warren with Kevin Durant, and then you picked up Darius Baisley, who I don't think will break the rotation this year. Um unless, you know, something happens, another injury or something. Um and then you got you went out and got Terrence Ross in the buyout market. Excuse me, so far. Um and then there there are reports that they're still trying to look for another one, another player. Um I feel like it's gonna be a point guard, probably just because campaign you got uncertainty with his injury. And then the past two years, Chris Paul has gotten hurt in the playoffs. So just kind of an insurance policy for that. Um, Who that's going to be. I don't know. I know that Russell Westbrook has a lot of interest in Phoenix. I really don't want that though. Um, Really? That's I keep hearing Chicago. Now there was stuff that came out that he's like, if, if Phoenix wanted him, he's coming to Phoenix but I don't know. I've heard like eight teams at this point. I, this is the first I'm hearing of Phoenix. Like I, it was big LA, like the Clippers were huge at first. Then it was like Miami, then Chicago, then Phoenix. Now, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to make some content today actually on that. I think he could help someone out, but it's just like the high risk, high reward type thing because his last 15 games, I know that this is off topic, but his last 15, he's averaging 18.7, five, six rebounds, seven assists, a steal a game. Um, 
shooting actually pretty efficient. Like, I think his he had a couple bad shooting nights. It's Russell Westbrook. It's like part of the experience. But like, I think he's shooting forty eight from the field during the last fifteen games. So it's just, I think he could help someone out. It's just the point of being in the right situation. I don't think Phoenix is that right situation no, either, though. Not at all. Um, continue so, about continue about the Suns. My bad. But I don't. I like the the point guard buyout market's not the best right now because. You're not bringing Pat Bevin out with Chris Paul, <laughs> and you're not a uh, uh, John Wall has had a up and down year, so I don't know if that would really help either. But um, uh, as far as the team that they have now, um, this has to be the best mid range team we've ever seen in the NBA. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, did you see you see that clip of um JJ Redick talking about Kevin Durant? It was like. No. What like there's been like something about leading the mid the the league in mid range shooting like three times or something really and it was like only him um like it's and then obviously last year they were the best mid range shooting team in the the league with Chris Paul and Devin Booker so now you had the best mid range shooter in the league too um you had a top five player uh it's. They're gonna be a very, very, very. They have, they have the potential to be one of the best offensive teams we've ever seen, um, just with the control of Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton's been playing at a an amazing level over the past few weeks. He's gonna have a smaller role again, um, so we'll see how he could handle that because he was pretty mad about that last year. Uh, and then you bring in one of the best scorers in the league now, thirty points per game. You bring in T.J. Warren, who can put up ten a game, ten fifteen a game, um. Scoring off the bench, which was which was much needed. We'll find out who the fifth starter is going to be. I think it's probably going to be Tory Craig, um, but Josh Kogi's been playing really well too. It just I think it has to it has thing. to be Tory Craig for size. Yeah, um, but then at the same time, like that's the thing they have so much versatility now too because KD could play the the three or the four. Um, you could slide. I think your best lineup is going to be CP Okogi book kd like mm-hmm. that's going to be your best lineup i think your starting lineup you need to start with more size especially when you look out west like you look at these teams the smallest team is maybe the kings but the kings are going to have sabonis and proud like like harrison barnes and keegan murray aren't small dudes like they're both six eight six nine so it's like but sabonis if you watch- is a six ten guy so it's like Memphis has size. They have two seven-footers basically starting. Denver has Jokic, and Aaron Gordon's really big. Like, I think going small is tough out West. It's not even small, though. It's not. But you still have two seven-footers on the floor. <laughs> Book isn't a massive dude. You know what I mean? And But Josh Okogie's 6'4", and you can guard the post. Yes, he could. That's the Alan. thing. That's why Josh, Josh Kogi has so much versatility, and then you still have two seven-footers with KD and Aiden. I just think Torrey Craig makes you more switchable without That's, yeah. the, issues, I think the possible it, issues. When it comes to playoff time, it's going to depend on the team, but definitely I think Torrey Craig's going to start. Um, It'll be between him and Josh Kogi. Uh, then they have that 15th roster spot that they're going to either bring somebody in or just re- sign a – Ish Wainwright to a like full, full contract. Yeah. 
I think that's probably the way to go. That's that's most likely what they're going to do, unless they want to bring in Will Barton, but I don't think that's going to be good. Um, But it's they've they've become one of the best teams. They've become from a contender to one of the top contenders uh, in the league overnight. Basically, Uh, the trade happened at like two a.m. So uh, it's it's going to be fun to see what they do. there's a lot of questions right now as far as what they're going to do, but I mean, we'll see. It's going going to be a good time though. Good time, so, good vibes. So you got the Kings and the Clippers before the All Star break. Two two big games, yes. Big games two in the standings, and then you got the Thunder and Bucks right after yeah, All Star break. Those are two W's. And the Bucks game, I think, will be very interesting. Just it's gonna be a fun the, game. The Bucks, I assume that, like, you're gonna keep playing the same style. You're gonna just plug KD in for Mikel, like in terms of how the flow works and stuff. And I know, like, he'll have his ISO touches, and That's, like, there will be like those things. Be, but I think the over the overall flow of the offense is gonna stay pretty similar. So I think the Bucks are gonna be like, hey, if you want to shoot. They're right now they're they shoot thirty eight point five percent of their shots from the mid range, which is second in the NBA. Um, that's only going to go up. The Bucks might just be like, "Hey, go for it! Try to beat us!" That like it'll be a good chess match. It's a I think it's national. I think it's ABC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a matinee. Uh, it should be a good one. A the one p.m. in Milwaukee. I feel like the biggest question is going to be their defense, just because they don't have that. Uh, all NBA defender anymore. Is it bad that I'm actually like I'm actually scared about the defense, even though like you're a top ten defense right now. I will drop a little. If we can be middle of the pack, we're gonna be the best team in the league. I think the issue is is that Book's not a great defender. He's a really solid defender. He's capable. And then CP is not there. He's a mismatch. So it's like kind of like you're putting a lot of weight on that fourth the that the fifth guy the that. Mm -hmm starter because Aiton's gonna have to do the rim that's his job like you need to protect the paint and then which he doesn't KD, do KD is an all-world defender but I don't care like I know people like don't give him credit but the guy could guard anyone any given night inside out slide stay in front contest force turnovers block shot like the whole nine yards him and Claxton led the league in like duo block shots for the first three months of the season so it's like you know KD could bring it defensively it's just you're gonna have two guys on the floor at all times that are like not great, you know what I mean? But like they've had that all year. They've had it all year, so that's why I'm saying I think like there's a shot that you guys stay in the top ten, and that'd be really good. Right now, you're top ten, giving up it's a defensive rating of a one thirteen point three, uh, forcing top ten in turnover percentage, and and that's that's with that's with playing our bench for a very long time too. That's true too. You guys haven't had your starters. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting overall. The oh. one thing I could the only way I could see Darius Baisley getting time is if they need that other versatile defender because he could he could base he could guard two through five. He's been he doesn't lock in at that end though. He's gonna have to if he wants that's to get been, minutes. That's been his issue in OKC. Like they have a top ten defense because they play guys that want to like play defense. You know what I mean? So it's like. He has the physical tools to be awesome defensively. Mm-hmm. 
Like he's six eight, six nine, ath- athletic freak, great length, but then he just doesn't like lock in. I think Ish Wainwright's gonna be the like key for you guys. That's why I thought he was already on his fool. No, not yet. No, um, he's he's got two games left on his two way. So okay, oh, so it's like it's during all star break. But he's been hooping. He's been doing really well. I like his game. A few weeks. I like what he's just, he's just a strong guy that he can knock down an open three. Like, it's I'm trying. I I, I saw some stats on uh, Darius Baisley the other day, so I'm trying to find those quick. Well, one thing with Phoenix, I guarantee the offense is going to get better. You're 22nd in points per game. You're 19th in offensive rating. I think like. Those two things will, especially with health, even like if you never made the move, just having everybody back and healthy, like that would change too. But I think we're about to see a massive explosion of offense. Like even watching the Dallas side of things, I'm I'm happy that uh, Luca and Kyrie are like scoring and like playing well off each other. Like both of them are. Last night they lost, but it was like both guys scored over thirty three, something like that. Um. That they're both able to coexist. I know that they lost, but it's just a man like a matter of seeing that coexistence. I think KD's the perfect guy that's like there's not many guys that could plug and play in any system. And I think KD is like that type of all world basketball player that could do whatever for anyone. So Yeah. But uh as far as Baisley. He's eighty for he's in the eighty first percentile in defensive minutes per seventy five possessions, eighty first percentile in percentage minutes minutes per seventy five miles. Oh miles, okay. Eighty first percentile in percentage of time spent on per, primary ball handlers, eighty third percentile in percentage of time spent on athletic finishers, eighty ninth percentile in defensive position versatility, and ninety seventh percentile in defensive role versatility. So, I mean, he could none of that shows that he's getting stops. He it's basically stop. saying he's running around a ton and guarding a ton of different spots. Like, not like how many points or how well guys are shooting against Sorry. him. Just want to let you know how versatile he was. <laughs> That's I like if you want to play like that's the thing if you want to play on this team like that's what you're gonna have to do so that's it's, what like there's there's a possibility of it. It's the environment now went from hey we're gonna like I feel the environment now is like we need to make the NBA fun we need to win the West like it went from we're gonna work to like earn this to like the expectation shift like you know what I mean huh what hey okay no it's about my game tonight oh all right so to move on uh where do you want to go next um do you want to talk a little bit about the buyout market quick because i don't feel like i mean we could talk about the lakers trade but actually let's do like i mean you you I know you didn't put that in your video. Sorry. Let's do Lakers first. Um, so the Lakers basically completely changed their roster. They added D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Devon Reed, Mo Bamba, and Rui Hachimura. That was before the deadline. But they added five new guys at the deadline. Um, or four? No, five. Yeah, yeah. 
um, six new guys total. So half the roster is brand new. Uh, I still don't know how I feel about it. I love Jared Vanderbilt. I love Malik Beasley. Um, iffy on D'Angelo Russell's fit. Um, Devon Reed's a great like energy. I'm gonna guard my yard. I'm gonna make plays happen. Mo Bamba could be a really good backup five man. Uh, and Rory fits in perfectly already. Like we've seen, we've at least seen him play. But I'm iffy on the D'Angelo Russell thing, man. I don't know how you feel. Like, I mean, he is having he is having one of his best like statistical seasons so far, um, like efficiency wise. But I mean, it's not really a needle mover. It's he because he's he's a better scorer than Russ. But I mean, he's averaging seventeen point eight points per game on forty six and a half from the field, thirty eight point seven from three. That's actually big for them. High volume too on seven attempts per game, near forty. Uh, eighty-five from the foul line. That's a, a who, was game. I, who was I listening to? That's I think it was a uh, Windhorse saying, or one of the guys on Windhorse podcast saying, um, like, is it is it bad? <laughs> this is the second point guard that's left, uh, or second player that's been mad about playing with Rudy Gobert and doesn't want to pass up a ball. <laughs> it's probably um, Ben McMahon, probably. <laughs> But, but it's the second, yeah, he second, said like he was guard. Didn't he like in his opening press conference like go at Gobert? Yeah, he was like, I'm not passing to him. <laughs> I was like, whoa. At least Mike Conley's there. At least Mike Conley they threw him some lobs. <laughs> yeah, but like that's he's he's having like he's having an efficient season, pretty efficient. To me, he needs game. the ball in his hands. That's my thing. Like he needs yeah. to, he needs to be a more off ball guy and like fit in that role. You're playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like when they're healthy, it's probably the best duo in basketball still. But the but Lakers, the other guys, the other guys oh the my, the, the Lakers have a gauntlet. Next five games, they got oh, the Pels, they got the Warriors, they got Dallas, Memphis, and the Thunder, and then they have Minnesota as a six game. Then Warriors, Memphis, Toronto. A lot of teams have a lot of tough games coming up. All right, let like to cut to the chase. Are the war are the Lakers making the play in? Let's look at the standings quick right now. They're currently um, sitting at 13, two games behind 12. No, they're not making it. Sorry. I don't see the Utah losing that much. Um, and even if they do, I don't see OKC losing that much either. So and Portland just whooped them last night. Portland did just. Whoop Portland them. was up thirty. Portland. At one point. I have no I know, idea what's going on in Portland. I know. I know. I'm not saying Portland's getting in, but I'm saying. But yeah, I don't. I don't think they get. They they'll need to rattle off like eight straight wins to even get close. Um. But to finish up the trade talks, uh, go check out Jacob's video. Um. He talked about what I believe as the biggest pickup of this whole thing, um, other than the big names, uh, Josh Hart to the New York Knicks. Uh, I still I think that was one of, it, and it's already proven in the first two games that it's it's a huge pickup. They're already two and zero with him. He's ha- he he had a t- he had a very good start to the game last night. I don't know what he ended up with because Brunson had forty. Um, last night he had twenty seven. So. <laughs> 
on 10 I'm surprised he fits so well so fast. I'm not even going. That's I watched I I tuned in a little bit to the Jazz game. Um it was like it overlapped with the uh, the Nets game. So I watched like the end of this, but his defensive impact was huge. Um, against the Jazz. Cap steals, uh like he had four steals against the Jazz. That's yeah. yeah. I saw him get two in the end of the game. So I was 11. like oh he had 11, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. And then last night against Brooklyn, he had 27 on 66.7% from 3 and 71 from the field. And 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. And High impact guy. Like I, like, I genuinely think the Knicks did good with this one. That's, they, that's what they needed, though. Like, they needed somebody. Uh, they needed someone uh, that could have that big impact on the defensive ends. He has an impact on the glass too. Like he's just, like you said, he's an all all around high impact player. So that's what they needed, and uh, maybe it takes them over the hump, get them to the six seed. But if you want to, if you want to hear more about that, uh, go check out the video that Jacob put out last week. Uh, you also had Mike Conley in that, I believe. Yeah. Front half of the video was Josh Hart. Back half was Mike Conley to the Timberwolves. I thought that they were just two very pivotal moves for both teams. Uh, could definitely help both of them out and give them a little playoff boost and uh, help them position better than they could before. Um, another another little – sorry to cut you off, but another little sneaky move that I've liked. Uh, um, I mean, you you I know you watched a lot more of the game than I did, but the Luke Kennard move to Memphis. He, he played looked, pretty he, well. He played good. Played he fits. Well. He fits. I was a little scared about defense. That was like my big thing. I was like, oh, is he going to be able to guard with them? Like they're a top five defense. Like mm-hmm. they genuinely like they're a really hard team to like score on. But I was like, Kennard might come in and really uh, screw this one up. But like he spaces the floor. He's He looked like he was working. Like he was like, I'm going to try to work my butt off for these guys. And he fits like you add somebody like that with Jaw, Jaron Jackson, Desmond, like it's going to just be easy fit offensively. Um, that's a good bring up too. Any more trades that like, um, I mean the Clippers Clippers getting air Clippers. I think what the won the deadline, like the more I get to think about it, I genuinely think they won the deadline. I know the, the little moves, the little moves you can't, you can't pass up on like, you well, can't, you can't like, no, besides Kevin Durant or Kyrie <laughs> besides those two. Like, I mean, like in terms of like regular trades with like, Guys that like could just yeah. impact, like Eric Gordon and uh, Bones Highland, and Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley, they needed that. That's a that's a I was like when you when you brought up a few like in our preview of the trade deadline when you brought up uh, Mason Plumley be, being moved and I was like nobody wants him. I was the, the Clippers because they needed that. It fits though. I didn't even think they about the. Clippers. I didn't think about the Clippers either. <laughs> Because that's their backup big now. And it's somebody that gives them something offensively in terms of like DHO games and just having a playmaker at the five. Like that's the one thing Mason could do is like he can actually play make at the five for six ten like or a footer. Like he can make plays. Eric yeah. Gordon's gonna be awesome for them in terms of space and the floor playing defense. And Bowen's Highland, they add some youth, they had a little firecracker off the bench. Uh I think like those three moves genuinely like I know now they have how many guys on their roster like that could play ball like 
like that could be genuine part of any rotation in the NBA. That's kind of going to be the issue. Like who's going to be in, who's going to be out. Like hopefully nobody gets upset. Like we're just here trying to, like we have championship like aspirations. So like, how are we going to get there with what we got? So that'll be the interesting thing to see how it works out from that point. But point guard. that's where I'm a little scared. The bones Highland is like their only true point guard. And they have Jason Preston, but Jason Preston is not a – he's not there yet. He'll be good. He'll be good one day. I like Jason Preston's game, but um, he's not there yet. He's only a rookie. Um, It'll be – it'll be interesting. They have a lot of uh, – a lot of hoopers, even like Musa. Musa should be part of the rotation. Like, he plays so well for them. Musa is very good. Um, we'll That's just that a team – it's just it's gonna be tough. Like they're, we've they been saying for forever. Either. It's they're, they're the biggest like question mark in the NBA because they could genuinely be the yeah. best team. They used to not be. Now they are. Used to be the uh, the Nets. Yeah. <laughs> but um, let's go to the buyout market. Uh, any. Any names that you're particularly looking at? Uh, so far, some big things. That, uh, obviously, Terrence Ross. To um, we already talked about that a little bit. Terrence Ross to Phoenix. Um, who's the other guy that? Uh, I can't think of it. Oh, oh God, uh, Reggie Reggie Jackson to um, the Nuggets, and then. Uh, who the Mavericks just picked up? Justin Holiday. Um, oh, Mavs so got Justin Holiday. I didn't even yeah. see that. Okay. Yeah, those were the three things that happened. So. I really like that. Justin Holiday. He's, he's been having a bad year, though. That's the only thing. He like, hasn't been getting wrong. statistically wise. He's having a really bad. He's like one of the worst players statistically. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that'll be a big pickup. They needed that. Um, they just need depth. Um. Um, but uh, some other names like we already said: Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Pat Bev, um, Will Barton, um, Serge Ibaka is another name that will be in there. I can't think that there's there's Serge Ibaka in Miami was a thing. I don't know. I don't. There's like some that. more centers too. I can't think of it, but there's there's gonna be some. Especially for these teams like Phoenix, Dallas, um, maybe another, maybe Russ to the Clippers. Maybe that'll help them. Um, just these teams that made some moves and now like have some questions about depth. Um, like Phoenix answered the wing depth question, uh, giving up two two wings. Um, so Who signed we'll, Dwayne Denman, the Phil, Philly Philly signed Dwayne Denman. Yeah. Oh, that 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 was one of the centers. Um. But yeah, it'll be it's the this will be a big buyout market, uh, especially for those teams that need that extra boost. Um, I'll see. I I think Dallas will probably pick up another guy. Like I said before, Phoenix is looking, but I don't know if they'll end up doing it. Um, I mean, it's the last little bit, last little uh, finishing touches to your roster before yeah. playoff time. So, some big names though. Um, the big names 
that this website has are Pat Bev, Bryn Forbes, Serge Ibaka, Justin Jackson, Stanley Johnson might be a sneaky. Stanley jo- I forgot about Stanley Johnson. John Wall. Um, Terry Taylor was cut from the Pacers. Uh, then Danny Green was uh, picked up by Cleveland. That was a good one. Um, oh, yeah, and- I forgot about that, too. Then Will Barton, RJ Hampton, Alex Len, Nerlens Noel, Derek Rose, and Russell Westbrook are five guy or six guys that are candidates to be bought out or released. It's gonna be a big, big one. Um, Stanley Johnson is a big name. I forgot that they had him in there. He's shooting. I was trying to think. I was like three. Um, I was like, there's a wing that I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's. He'll be a big pickup for whoever he goes to. Um, I know there's a lot of teams that were linked to him. Uh, Dallas, Phoenix, you know, all those teams. But I think Philly was in there too. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. How much ball have you been watching? A good bit. Good bit. Uh, good bit. Any uh, Anything like stand out? Let's talk hoop, bro. Uh, we already talked about the nets that's been my big one over the past few days um been pretty big on the nets uh, i just think that they're not going to be an easy out like people might think now without KD and Kyrie um i'm not the biggest fan of i know it's only been two games but i'm not the biggest fan of the mavericks right now uh after the move explain i just feel like i the 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 positive side of it is they always have a star on the floor. Um, but I don't like how they work together. Um, it just seems like Luca going one on one and Kyrie just spacing. And then if Luca doesn't have an <clears throat> and if <clears throat> excuse me, if Luca doesn't have anything, he'll get it out to Kyrie with like five seconds left on the shot clock and he'll go to work. Um it's just been stagnant. Uh and I feel like they're depending too much on guys that like they're depending on Reggie Bullock to be a forty-five percent three-point shooter and uh, Josh Green to score twenty a game. Like I just, I don't think that their roster is complete. I don't think the issues are offense. I genuinely oh, their the defense offense, sucks. Their defense I think, sucks. I actually think the offense looks great. Like with both of them in the game, dude. They put up one twenty-eight and then one twenty-one last. I don't. Year. How did that happen? Because I saw I saw the score I, or I had it on and they were down like twenty five last night yeah. the Minnesota game Kyrie went for twenty six in the fourth quarter oh okay went for twenty six in the fourth quarter like playing off of Luca I'm excited for post All Star break because I think Jason Kidd is a genius I think Jason Kidd's a great coach I think the more that you can put those two in action together like middle ball screens empty side ball screen just doing stuff like that you're not going to be able to guard it. You're not like Kyrie and Luca in action together is going to be impossible. I think the offense looks great. I think the offense, they're spacing it. Well, they're touching paint playing off of each other. Josh green has been sensational. Josh green has been awesome. Um, I think that Justin holiday, I know you said his statistical stuff isn't great, but I think somebody that could shoot it like him and he's pretty good defensively is just a really good fit for them. Um, I think that I watched I had I got glimpses of both of them on the floor together against Sacramento. I watched the full game, the overtime one. I think that defensively is where the issues are because offensively 
there's movement, there's flow. They have that same pace. Like they're playing Mavs bas- basketball. And I think that the only mishap that I saw was last night to tie the game. Luca and Kyrie were playing two man game at the freaking. Like, I am pulling out my board because this like annoyed me. Like they're, they're had, playing catch at the at, at the slots. You had <laughs> one of them here and one of them here, and they were just passing back and forth. And it's just like, guys, like get some action. Like, I know that they were trying to drive it, hit the nail, pass it out, but it's like get some movement instead of just playing like back and forth and neither of them wanted to shoot i'm like that's also like a learning curve i guess of playing with them that's that's the thing that's what like so far i feel like it's it's just them like it's just starting to play with with each other lucas starting to get his legs back underneath him he's been out for what two weeks yeah he was out for a little Um, bit so like that's that's the only thing like i'm not like overreacting about it like the defense, the defense is worth sucks. reacting about. The defense is horrible. The defense is because you give up 131, I, 133, and I know that it was an overtime game. It was what, 116 in regulation? Yeah. And the, that's not bad. I wouldn't mind 116 because you can put up 120 on A1. Let me, let me look this up. And then more than that. you go no, Minnesota, you give up 124 in regulation. That's a little tough. Like you need to limit teams. Like you want to. I think one fifteen is a really good spot. Like you can one fourteen. If you can hold the team to like one ten to one fifteen for Dallas, I think that that is good enough to get it done because the offense is going to be beautiful. I have no doubts about that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not all in. I just don't like Dallas either. So that's fair. You're. Suns oh, fans, but like if you like that you you played the Timberwolves like the Timberwolves have been struggling as of late uh, like they've been up and down they've they've been pretty good um they've been solid but they've been up and down they've been they're, they're dropping a game picking up a game dropping a game picking up a game over the last two weeks they have a where are they at what happened they have been struggling haven't they that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they dropped off a little, but they're still in the top six. Six and four in their last ten. That's not bad. Hanging on. That's what their past few games have been struggling a little bit. Um, I try to avoid Timberwolves basketball though. So I need to. For me, I really want to start watching the Pels more. Um, they're just injuries. Injuries. Bi had like a thirty piece last night or whatever, or he's averaging like thirty in his last five or something like that. He is caring. <laughs> um, him back is just, and it, he's, if he knocks the rust off, they can get back into the top six. I'm not too worried about the Pels. Uh, Who drops out? Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. Clippers. I think I literally, I think the top six out west will be Denver, Memphis, any order. I don't know how the order is gonna end up because I think there's a lot of questions. I actually think Sacramento can end up too. I'm very high on the Kings. I think Phoenix ends up too. You think Phoenix does? I think they rattle off like 15 out of 17. We're sleeping on Memphis in this situation. Just We're not so. sleeping on Memphis. I don't like Memphis at all. I don't think that they're a good basketball team. I'm sorry. I really don't think that they're a good basketball team. They're good on defense. Wait, wait, wait. Give me your take that you texted me about. Uh, oh, okay. That... <laughs> okay. This is, I'm watching. Okay. I'm watching the Sacramento versus Dallas game, right? 
and I'm just I'm it's the fourth quarter and De'Aaron Fox is going crazy and I said let me find this and I quote what day was that that game Saturday I yeah. think it was Saturday yeah um why is it not here bro texted me it was like <laughs> okay I said could we could we just agree that um De'Aaron Fox is a more polished, uh, less out of control John Morant. Yes, <laughs> they get to the see, same spot. I see what you're saying. They play the same. I see but what he's you're less saying. Less out of control. I think that their vibes are different, though. Like I think Jaw is it's not okay. It's not out of control. That's the wrong word to use. He's just less, less jumpy. That's kind of like he's like. John Morant scares me every time he lands. Okay, fair. That's what I'm saying. Like more polished. Like he, he, it looks better. It looks like nicer. Jaw well, do the same rim stuff. is electric, dude. Like Jaw's more frenetic. That Fox, yeah, that's the word. That's the word. Yeah. Fox has become very polished. Like very like vet savvy almost. Like mm-hmm. he knows where he's going. He knows what he's trying to get to. He gets to a spot. Gets his feet right. Like. It, he's become like this year he's matured a ton. I'm happy he made the all-star. Like he deserves it. Um and I just think what Ja brings to the game, man, like I get what you're saying because they're both fast, they're both trying to get downhill, they're both trying to get to their floater little like second level stuff if they can't. They have get to the, the they have the same game. They have the same game. <laughs> I think that Fox is just he he they're at the same point, but Fox needed four years to get here or however long he's been in the league. I think Jaw Okay. Hear is, me out. In in two years, Jaw's gonna be probably the best point guard in basketball. Luke is still gonna be in the league. Oh, it's I know. But I mean like pure point, not a six eight dude. <laughs> okay. And Halliburton's gonna be two years. Halliburton's old. gonna be right there. I think Halliburton's um, in the conversation. But I think Fox is gonna be right there too. Fox is better defensively. Fair. But this is new. This is his first year doing this. Jaw's been always active, forcing turnovers, like being pretty solid guarding his yard. De'Aaron Fox has always had this. But he's never done it. He's had it, though. (laughs) He's he's on a winning team now. He's on a winning team. He has to. I get what you're saying though. Like I completely understand what you're saying. I just think that they like the energy and tone at which they play with is different and they offer different things to the teams. Like I think for Sacramento, Fox has to be that in control type of guy. And I think for Memphis, job being that hyper energy, frenetic, like you watch him and it's electrifying, like that high energy type of thing. I think that's what Memphis needs. Like, I think Memphis would suck if they had Chris Paul. I think Memphis would not be good if they had a guy like Chris Paul that's like, we're going to slow this down. We're going to grind you for 24 seconds out of well, yeah, offense. It's not the, well, I don't think Chris Paul would have done that. I don't think Chris Paul would be able to work with that Memphis team if you swap John and Chris. Like, I don't think that that works. I think Fox, if he was in Memphis, would be the same thing. I'm going to try to get to the rack every time. I'm going to get, like, downhill. I'm going to play hard, like, quick. I'm going to try to do all these things. Sacramento doesn't need that. Sacramento needs 
him to be an elite point guard in the pick and roll, get to his spots, be efficient in his touches. Like that's what Sacramento needs. Memphis needs Ja to be that type of player. Like they need that. That's what he leads with. He leads with his energy while Sacramento needs Fox to lead with his poise. That's why I'm saying you can't, it's not apples to apples. It's not it like it they, is. they're very similar players. I'm not, I'm not arguing that I'm saying both are going to be top five point guards in the next two, three years. I think that that's hot point guard conversation. I know we brought it up in a past pod, but in five years, the top point guard is going to be freaking elite. Like, I don't know who's going to get drafted and st- I don't know anything like i I watched my first bit of college basketball this weekend. Like, I'm going to be completely transparent. Like, I actually sat and watched a full 40-minute basketball game. The only, the only one you got to know is Scoot Henderson. Scoot, all right. So, top five. We're, like, who's a jaw? Like, all right, we'll say Luca, Jaw, Hallie, Fox, SGA. Trying to think. I feel like I'm forgetting Cade. someone, but Cade. Huh? Cade. Cade could be in that conversation. Trey, I'm gonna even say Trey Young could be in the conversation. Darius Garland. Darius Garland. Garland. Um, I don't know. Brunson, maybe Brunson keeps working. As I was, I was thinking Brunson, but I don't know. He's Markel he's Fultz. Too. Brunson's like 28. Markel Fultz can work his way, man. Um. Anthony Simons, if he gets handed the keys a little bit. League's in good hands. Huh? League's in good hands. The league is in good hands. But um, that's what, like, I do. That that was a really good, like, I get what you're saying. I just They play the same. That's it. They play the same. They play very similar. Like, they have the same impact. It's like, like you said, they have in their own way. They're, they're, yeah, they have different roles. Like they have to be something, but I think that they both could be the other, like the other thing. Like if you, if they slip, flip flopped, I think that Fox could be that push the ball up the floor, thousand percent that thing, and then Jock could be a more polished, efficient player. The only thing is that I think Sacramento is going to be more playoff ready because of how Fox plays now. Mm-hmm. I know that Memphis has the playoff experience between the play in two years ago and last year, their second round run. But I think that their weakness comes because they rely on freneticness possessions. Like it's like the Toronto issue when Toronto's in the playoffs, it's like they're relying on winning possession, like the possession battle and trying to make you get out of your game rather than having poise and execution. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but that that's a really good one. Like you can probably find like a million of those across the league. Like not genuinely a million, but like that type of comp. Like the talent level. Even last night, seeing Utah in person, I think Walker Kessler is going to be the best defensive center in basketball. How many? How many blocks? Did he, I saw he had like three in the end of the first. <laughs> he had four fouls, so he didn't play much in the second half. He could have ended the game with seven blocks. I think every time somebody drew, drove at him. This man literally walled up, and I think it was like he would – every time something was coming at the rim, I think his process is like, I'm going to block this. Like, I'm going I'm to I'm get this. 
I'm gonna get this. He, he did that. That's how he was in college. He deflected a lob. Uh, he forced like four tough floaters. They made two of them. He had like two like bad calls on him, and w- I think Will Hardy holds him like how Will Hardy carries himself on the sideline. Like watching it for a full forty-eight, I'm just like this guy knows what he is doing. Like. He knows when to fire guys up, when to talk to individuals, when to like do all those things. There's my little jazz monologue. And Laurie Markin is legit. Laurie Markinen is legit. Um, but we got anything else we want to hit quick? Ivan, I was unable to watch a ton over the weekend. I watched like the Heat game against I watched both Heat games. I watched the end of Philly Brooklyn. I, I don't like how Philly looked in that game. That's the only thing. I don't know I am, if, was, if they were t- just like hit in the face by Brooklyn or I don't know, but I did not like how Philly looked. I'm telling you, man, Philly does not like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not. I love Embiid. I want them to do well. It's just like when you have Boston, Milwaukee, I even think Cleveland is like, like that. I think Miami's more like playoff team like i think like in the playoffs i see those four teams over philly and the east is so good like if philly doesn't make the second round i don't think i'd be shocked but anything else bless you um i think that the west is better than the east after the deadline i think that yeah the West flipped things the again. The West, West flipped things. That's what just looking at the like top six of the West and top six of the East. The top six of the West is a lot better than top six of the East. I think if we go top four and top four, I think top. Oh, never mind. I'm gonna nope. stop that one. Yeah. Nope. But I think the best two teams in basketball are Boston, Milwaukee. Oh no, Denver's number. Denver's uh, doing really playing really well. Um. I mean, we'll see how Phoenix looks once they get that all together. We'll see how Dallas looks after. Let me rephrase. They figure that out. Two of the best three teams are Boston, Milwaukee. The top, the top of the like the, the top two tiers of the NBA right now. I added quite a few more teams because <laughs> I don't think I don't think Philly, I don't th- or I don't think Phoenix or Dallas was in there before the trade deadline. I don't think they were in the top two tiers. Yeah, I think that the playoffs just got a lot more interesting, which is going to mm-hmm. be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But yeah. um, if that's it, you want to wrap things up? You did a good job closing last time. I finally had a good opener, so I'm going to let you close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like we've been saying, uh, there's a lot of big-time games coming up um, over the like next three days before uh, All-Star break. And um, teams will be getting healthy afterwards, uh, except for the Pelicans, unfortunately. Zion. But... It's going to be uh, pretty fun to watch the standings play out over the next 20-some games. Um, But we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, If you want to listen to more content by us, um, we got our YouTube channel. Jacob just put out a video yesterday about the sophomores, uh, the second-year guys in the NBA and their impact Um, so far. We picked out a few of them, uh, some really high-impact guys uh, so far in their first two years in the league. Um, other than that, share this podcast if you enjoyed, um, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.